Thanks for listening to the LifePoint Church Podcast. Visit us online at lifepointcentral.com. Well, we're going to start a brand new series uh, this morning called Blended. And I, I, I really feel stirred to say this um, to you that, you know, every week that we walk up here and we teach you a new uh, series, we, we, we teach a, a message, um, we do that based on God telling us what to say. And so if God told me to teach you something, I would encourage you to um, engage with it and embrace it. Because God's trying to tell you something. And I love God about this. I love this about God that he always tells us ahead of time. Usually, I can't tell you how many times we have taught on something, preached on something, and that began to unfold in, in our lives. So I want you just to uh, uh, take this series and embrace it, open your heart to it. It may sound a little uh, uh, like I've heard this before, but I believe it's important. And for some reason, I feel like it's extra important as we kick this off this morning. And it, it's called uh, Blended. And I was, you know, when you uh, get married, how many know you blend families together? Pastor Diane and I were talking about how our families blended together, and we started talking about who is in our families, and we realized that there are, there are some people who spent some time incarcerated. Um, there are some people who have struggled with addictions, some people who have probably lied and cheated, some people who have messed up some relationships, they've messed up some businesses, messed up their life and others, and, and you're thinking, Wow kind of family is that? I'm talking about you and me, the family of God. Isn't it amazing how God just takes all of our backgrounds and best behaviors and worst behaviors and blends all that into a family? The moment you come to Jesus, um, we become family. And so the definition of blend means that you mix substances together for a harmonious effect. You take all the nasty and all the good, and it gets mixed together to create a harmonious effect. And so I called this series Blended for that very reason. And then one day I was reading something. I was reading a, a, a lady's article where her family, uh, she had been married and divorced, and she had two or three kids, and she married her husband who had been married before, and he had a couple of kids. And and so they put this family together, and we've all heard the term, it's popular, a blended family. And she listed uh, what it would take to blend that family. And she said something that stood out to me. And she said, really, it's not about a, a family blend. She said, you want to create a family bond. And the more I thought about that, I said, I think that's what God's after, not just to blend us together. We can get all kinds of different people in a house, in a building, in an auditorium, but a bond is a different thing. Actually, the definition of a bond uh, means this. It means to be joined together securely by the means of an adhesive, by the means of pressure, or by the means of heat. In other words, there has to be a bonding agent so although I'm calling this series Blended, I want you to know that God can do much more than just blend a family together. What God wants to do is create a bond. And so when we say the family of God, we're obviously talking about anyone who is saved or born again or they, they claim to be a, a believer or a Christian. But aside from uh, the general family of God, God has these uh, local communities of faith or these local 
uh, families or spiritual families. We call them local churches. And so I want to talk about how important that is in this series. And I want to start in Hebrews chapter 10 in verse 22. Look at someone and say, this is going to be good. Verse 22 says this, we come closer to God and we approach him with an open heart, fully convinced that nothing is going to keep us at a distance from him. Aren't you glad there's no distance between you and God any longer? For our hearts have been sprinkled with blood to remove our impurities, and we have been freed from an accusing conscience. So now we are what? We're clean. We're unstained, and we're presentable to God inside and out. Isn't that, isn't that cool? That if you are a believer, guess what? You are presentable to God. You are cleansed inside and out. No matter what your spouse says about you, you are presentable to God. So now wrap your heart tightly around the hope that lives in you, knowing that God always keeps his promises. Discover creative ways to encourage others and to motivate them toward acts of compassion, doing beautiful works as expressions of love. This is not the time to pull away and to neglect meeting together, as some have formed a habit of doing. In fact, we should come together even more frequently. We should be eager to encourage and urge each other onward as we anticipate that day dawning. I, I, I want to just make a comment about the end of that passage of Scripture because out of that section of Scripture, I want to spend about three or four weeks. And I think everything that we need to say and learn about becoming bonded together as the family of God and as a local family of God, we find in these verses. What I want to do is pull out some bonding agents over the next few weeks. But the end of that verse, and this is just one translation, a lot of translations say, as you see the day approaching or as you anticipate the day dawning, that, that phrase literally means in the day that is dangerous, deceptive, and full of distraction. In the day that is deceptive, this full of distraction and dangerous. Hello, that day is upon us. And when you see that day approaching, see the day of the Lord being sooner and sooner, but the season we're in, it's very deceptive, very distracting, very dangerous. God gives us some instructions of how we are supposed to conduct ourselves as um, believers. And so here's my title this morning. It's community is the core. Everyone say the core. Community is, is the core. Now, now, I know that doesn't sound real exciting, but let's, let's unravel that for just a moment. So let's just start making some life points right there. Number one, uh, you were created for community. You were created for community. I'm a firm believer that you have to have these three things in your life. Everyone, these are three must-haves in your life. Number one, everybody needs a savior that you could submit your life to or that you could surrender your life to. Everyone needs a savior that you can surrender your life to. Anyone glad you met a savior? Just the phrase savior uh, uh, gives us th th this meaning that, first of all, you need saved, and there is someone willing and able to save you, and that's Jesus. That's the blood of Jesus. That's the work of Jesus. That's the love of God. Everyone needs a savior they can surrender their life to because you can't do it on your own. You need a savior. 
You need saved from you. You need saved from your sin. You need saved from your own destruction. Everyone that's listening to me, you need a Savior to surrender to. And the moment you are willing to bow your knee and surrender your life to him is the moment that your life gains great momentum, gains a great promise. Anyone glad that you surrender your life to the saving power of Jesus? But you need that. I need that. There's also something else that everyone needs. You need a pastor you could submit to. Now, there wasn't as much enthusiasm about that as there was the Savior, but, but listen to me for a second. What that means is that your life as a believer needs to come under the umbrella of leadership. I, I am so, so grateful and thankful that in 1999, uh, Pastor Diane and I um, spent almost 10 years from then to, to, to 2007 um, under the leadership of the pastors that we were under, because I will tell you, whatever is on their life gets on your life. Whatever they flow in flows in your life. That's why it's so important to be under the right leadership. And the problem is sometimes we, we get too, um, too individualistic and we don't think we need that stuff, but the Bible is very clear. Jesus actually was moved about that. The Bible says he looked and he saw people that were harassed by the enemy, and he said, they, they're, they're like sheep, they don't have a shepherd. He not only meant himself, he meant there were no local shepherds to teach them the word, to lead them to greener pastures, to guide them, to lead them, and to direct them. So it's really important. I'm not just saying this because I'm the leader here. I'm just saying that this is something we all need in our lives. It, it's important uh, who you sit under because... That truth or deception or power or lack thereof is what's available in your life. That's why it's so important to be in the right place. So, all right, so you're not real excited about that one. Um, so you do need a savior to surrender to. You, you need a, a pastor to, to submit uh, your life to. And, and you need a, a local church to connect to. Or a local church or a local community of faith um, that you can be connected to. And just let me help you with this, because people try to go to churches for lots of different reasons. Um, you know the one reason why? You need to find a church where you're going to grow. You, you need a place where you're going to walk out every week, and it's stretching you to believe stronger. That it's giving you truth. I'm just going to tell you, in the hour we're in right now, you need a church that's preaching truth. Absolute truth. Um. There, there are a lot of factors happening in our world right now, our country right now. And yeah, our, you know, the church needs, we need to be adjustable in some things, not doctrine, but just the way we do things. But there are too many churches that have adjusted to truth right now. They are compromising um, because of, they're going to let culture cancel them. We're not going to do that. We're going to preach truth. But you've got to find a church where I can grow in. Obviously, you want to be able to connect there and, 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 and be able to worship there. But the main thing is we, we go to churches where we can grow. I know people that go to churches that are dead. They're, they're drying up spiritually because those churches are not teaching truth. It's not a lie. But they're connected there because they know people. I, that's not why we go to church. We go to church so we can be filled with the truth of God, the power of God. We, we can grow. Those other things are important, but that's, that's, that's the number one reason. Let me read you a scripture. This is 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10, and, and Paul said this, I urge you, and when Paul says urge, hello, wake up, listen, I urge you, brothers and sisters, for the sake of the name of Jesus, agree. Everyone say agree. Agree to live in unity with each other 
put to rest any divisions that attempt to tear you apart, be restored, look at this, as one united body living in perfect harmony. You know what the scripture really commends us to do or commands us to do is that we all pursue harmony. We pursue agreement. We don't have to agree over every little tiny thing, but we've got to pursue agreement. We have to pursue harmony. It's what the Bible instructs us to do. I like this. Form a consistent choreography among yourselves. Have a common perspective. Have a common shared value. So it's this word community that you and I were created for. And I said this before. If I got up here and said you can't make it on your own, I'd be lying. You can make it on your own. But you, you, you can survive on your own. But you can't thrive on your own. It's impossible. God made us for community. You know what community is? It's common unity. It is the word agreement. We are made to live in an atmosphere of, uh, uh, and a place of agreement. The Bible just calls it community or common unity. And that's the way God designed us to live. And so that's why scripture tells us you and I need to continue to pursue harmony, pursue common unity why do you think the last few years we have faced uh, a really um, strategic ploy to keep us out of church and keep us away from each other? Yeah. Now, I will tell you, as a church, at the beginning, we, we went online only just to help curb what was going on with the disease, with the pandemic. But then there came a time, you got to get back in church. Yeah. There came a time when... when when we said, we're going to have church, we also moved buildings and did all that, which was a little insane thinking back on it in that time, so it sort of helped us. But, but this common unity, the Bible says, when you see the days approaching, don't just meet, but meet more. And you know the trend that's happening in the church world right now, I'm just going to preach truth to you, is that we show up once about every six weeks. And I'm glad we have online, but it's different. It's not the same as being here, rubbing shoulders, filling up the seats, being together in harmony. Now, I'm glad we have it. I'm glad we can reach more people. We reach people outside of our, our, our boundaries and things of that nature, but, but that's not the way God, God designed it. Or scripture wouldn't tell us, meet and meet even more. So I think it would be safe to say, and you can say ouch after I say this, that we are disobeying God in our churches. You didn't say ouch. <laughs> so I, I, I want to commend you for being faithful, but I, I also want to challenge you. Don't let yourself fall in. You know how many people we've talked to, they're just, well, I just got out of you know, being there. I watch you every week online, but I just got out of being in church. And I'm understanding, but I'm saying we got to fix that. We got to make some adjustments. When God himself says, when the days are dangerous, distracting, and when the days are discouraging, when the days are deceptive, you need to just not meet, but you actually need to, you need to meet more. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying you can't ever go to the beach or go camping, but I'm just saying we have to watch that it doesn't become a habit because that's exactly what this scripture is warning us against, falling into that habit or that practice. Now, if that convicts you, just look straight ahead. Don't look around. There's a, a, a Greek word throughout the New Testament. 
Some of you, if you've been around for a while, you've heard this word. It used to be really popular. It's the word quononia. And it literally, uh, people say it's the word for fellowship. And so back in the day, we use that word fellowship a lot more. We use the word do life together or connection now. But, but really, quononia is more than just fellowship. It literally means living in harmony. It literally means to live in unity. It actually means full unity, full openness and full unity. So it means things like this, partnership, um, sharing, participating. I, you know what? God doesn't want you just to attend church. He actually wants you to participate. He doesn't want you just to attend a worship service. He actually wants you to worship. To be fully engaged, this quononia, that we need community, that we actually need each other. You know, back in the book of Acts, when the church actually started, this is what it said about the, uh, the early church. It said this, that they met every day. They broke bread. They prayed. They were devoted to, to the teaching uh, uh, by the apostles. And every day they broke bread. They took communion every day. They were together every day. They shared everything that they had. And the Bible said some amazing things happened. Because there was a spirit of generosity, because there was a spirit of hunger, because there was a spirit of quononia. The Bible said this, they grew in favor with God and with each other, and God did miracles in their midst. I wonder if God hasn't done some miracles because we really haven't obliged his command to be in church, not just be blended, but to be bonded together. Thank you for all those amens on that one. So God created us uh, for community. You know, uh, we, we, we're, we are, um, even our ancestors were uh, involved in tribes. We're, we're herd animals, so to speak. And I would just, I would like to challenge you with this, that there, there really should be no lone wolves. If you distance yourself from the pack, you are easy prey. And just to let you know, the scripture I just read to you, that's literally what it means. That we go through something and we distance ourselves and we start believing that no one cares and we, we begin to distance ourselves and fall out and then it becomes a habit. And I'll tell you as we go through the series what the Bible says to do about it, but that's literally what Hebrews is warning us from happening. And it says, don't allow yourself to disengage but even, even so much more when you're going through a dangerous time, when you're being deceived, when you're being distracted by things. Because God made you and he made me and he created you and he created me, guess what, for community. Second thing I want to say, not only did he create us for a community, he formed us for family. He actually formed us for family. You, the moment you became a believer, we, we share the same blood. It's the blood of Jesus. Just like you have natural family, Hey, you may not get along with all of them. You may not get along with all God's family, but we're family. And just like your natural family, no matter what, you defend your family. That needs to happen in the body of Christ, needs to happen in, in, in his church. Um, I thought this was interesting. The average American has over three, average American. I'm not talking about social media kings and queens. But the average American has over 300 friends on Facebook. But they struggle to have like less than two real friends. So you have 300 fake friends on Facebook, but less than two real friends. I can fix that for you. Come to church. There's a lot of friendly people here. Um, 
and you know, I, I do think you need some connections outside the church, but I think that, uh, uh, I, I think what you need is found in the house of God. I, I would just, I would tell you that I believe your strongest friendships, your strongest family members should be found in here. How many have found that? And if you're walking around saying, I don't have any friends, then guess what? You need to become more friendly, get engaged, <laughs> and let God create, not a blend, but let God create a bond. I've seen God do it. I've seen God do it in this church, make bonds. You would probably say this if you're really involved here. You're probably closer to people here than you are your actually family members. And don't raise your hand on that. They might be looking, but that's probably true. And that's okay because it's the family of God. So there's this community God created us for. There's this family that God made us for. And I want you to hear this. This is a bold statement. But man, you got to buy into this. What if I told you that your destiny is dependent or it's tied to certain people? If I said to you that your destiny in your life, the direction of your life, the destiny that God has for you, it's actually tied to certain people. That, that, when I read that, I thought, that, that, that's, that's big. Because how well I attach myself or how much I disconnect myself could utterly be the key to me walking in or missing my destiny. Because it's tied to certain people. Your destruction is probably also tied to certain people. It's who you're closest to determines how high you go. I would, I would literally say it this way. The best and the worst moments of your life are probably tied to who is in the scene with you. I think I've told this story before. But uh, when I was younger, I started hanging out with this guy, and he just was, he was one of those guys who had to top it, everything he did, he had to top what he did last time. He was just crazy. And at first, I thought, this guy's pretty fun. Then I realized, I'm going to die if I don't disconnect myself from this guy. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you the truth moment. And I, I probably have told, you probably heard all my stories, so I'll make them all better this time. So um, I was with him one evening, and we went to someone's house, and at this house where the, uh, the little brother had, um, they were real police handcuffs. And he started swinging them around playing with them. And they said to him, do not put those on because we do not have a key. We've lost the key. He takes the handcuffs and puts it on my wrist. And I'm like, all right, I need the key. And they're like, we told you, we don't have a key. So he thinks it's funny. So I get funny and I clamp the other one on his wrist really, really, really hard. And his, his hand was actually turned blue. But now we're handcuffed together. The only way to get out of these handcuffs at midnight is go to the police station. <laughs> and when you walk in the police station at midnight handcuffed to somebody, they don't believe everything that you're telling them. <laughs> I'm like, we need out of these handcuffs because <laughs> one of us is going to die and it's not going to be me. So at midnight, I'm handcuffed to this guy, and somebody knew his family, so they thought for about a half hour they would have fun for us, fun with us. Why you have those handcuffs on? They were, they were just giving, uh, reading us all, the, all of our rights. I mean, they were going through all this stuff. And I'm like, I am going to kill this guy when I get out of here. 
Well, after they messed with us for about a half hour, they unlocked us from the handcuffs. But you know, I said, I need to stop hanging around him. You know who you're attached to could take you some places you don't need to be and you don't want to go. And my point to that crazy story is who you're doing life with and who you're attached to has everything to do with whether your destiny is going to come about or, or not. Listen to this. You will always imitate the crowd when you are unsure how to behave. When you don't know how to behave, you will always imitate the crowd. So what that means is when you don't know how to behave, you're going to adopt the behavior of the tribe or the culture or the environment. So you need to join a culture where the desired behavior is normal. Let me say that again. You need to join a culture where the, where the behavior you desire is normal. Let me explain that for you. You know, if you want your marriage to be awesome, um, your culture doesn't need to be people who've had several failed marriages and they're sitting around at work telling you about how bad marriage is. You need to get in the house of God around some people who've been there, done that, got through some stuff, and their marriage is working. If you're struggling in your finances or in your, your, your business is struggling, get around some people who God has blessed their business, blessed their finances, rub shoulders with them, let it rub off on you. If you're struggling with fear, get around some people who are full of faith. I'll talk about that more next week. If not, you'll adopt the behavior of the culture around you. Their behavior gets, rubs off on you. Are y'all still with me? I want to put something on the screen. There are four types of people. Four types of people. Number one is subtractors. Now, do not, you can think of this person, but don't point at them, right? So there, there are subtractors. There are people that could be in your circle that just steal your strength. Don't say their name out loud. Picture them right now, okay? They steal your strength. When, when you see them coming, it's not like, hey, it's like, Hide. You're, you're at Walmart, you see them come down the aisle, all of a sudden you forgot something in your car. That, that, they steal your, there's just some people that steal your strength. Then there are dividers. Dividers are people who take you in a separate direction than what you want your life to go. They have a different road, they, they, they lead you in a different direction, they separate you from what's right or what's best for you. Then there are adders. Adders are people who encourage you and they add strength to your life. Well, obviously so far, we know we'd rather be around the adders than the subtractors. But there's another category that's actually better than an adder. And I call them multipliers. Here's what a multiplier does. They, they bring resource to your life. They Unite you to other people that have the common purpose. They use their platform and they use the relationship equity to expand you. God can put you around some people that expand you. They don't just add, they multiply your life. And I think you find them in the house of God. You might find somebody who's done business God's way really well for a while and all you, God had to do is get you connected to him and watch your business blow up. God might get you around somebody who's been through it with their marriage. God did some amazing things and now they can help bless your marriage. 
You might get around somebody who is full of faith and they went through something and their testimony and you got around them, how did they walk through it? How did they do it? It got on you and it brought you up and out of where you were. Someone might have, my God might have touched them. He might have healed them. All of a sudden you got around them and that was, uh, uh, that, that energy, that faith was contagious. Now you believe just like they do. That, that's, that's the type of people we need to surround ourselves with that they'll multiply our faith, they'll multiply our confidence, they'll multiply those things. Instead of the people that subtract from us. Because in some way, when they subtract, they multiply. And what I mean by that is if you're around people who are always down and out and full of poverty in their mouth and full of um, doubt and full of worry, guess what? They're going to subtract from your life, but they're going to multiply what they speak to you into your life. Real important to be around the right. It could be the difference between your destiny being fulfilled and your destiny not being fulfilled. Can I make another statement? And then I'll get to the last point. So how many would agree with this? You are not made to do life alone. Okay, we all agree on that. But how many agree on this one? Not only are you not to, meant to do life alone, you're not meant to do life with everyone. <laughs> Some people will just very naturally come out of your life during a season, but there are some relationships we, we need to put the pause to. I'm not saying be mean to them. I'm just saying some of the relationships, the relationships are keeping you from God's destiny. And I believe God's house is full of destiny. And if we want to walk out our destiny, we need to be around the people that are the determining factor in whether we're going to walk out our destiny or not. Look for the multipliers. Be a multiplier. So what have we said we're going to land this plane. What, what have we said this morning? Uh, we, have, we have said this, that you and I were created for community, common unity. We were formed for, formed for family. Here's the last one. But you are not designed for disconnect. You are not designed for disconnect. Do you know the last place that the devil wants you is in church? The last place the devil wants you is in church. It's the last place. Why do you think... Every other day of the week, you're up and at them. But Sunday morning just seems like, I want to sleep. Why do you feel like everything goes so smoothly the rest of the week, but on Sunday morning, everything challenges? The devil doesn't want you in church. Now, we don't want to make too light of the devil. We just want to say the last place he wants you is in church, sitting there, hearing a word like this, getting full of truth, getting full of faith, getting your life on the rock, learning, growing, worshiping together. Here's why. That stuff brings you from one level of glory to the next, to the next, to the next, that you can't get just watching it on TV. Well, you know... Um, Joe, Joe Osteen's my pastor. Stephen Furtick's my pastor. Listen to me. I love them. Watch them. They can't be your pastor unless you live there. I'm just telling you the things we're seeing right now in the church world. I know one message isn't going to change us, but you need to grab onto this and say, I've got to be in church as much as I can. We're in a deceptive, dangerous day. Because you might hear something on Sunday morning that could change everything. You might hear something somewhere, God's saying, it could change everything. It could alter everything. It could be your moment of freedom. It could be your moment of breakthrough. It could be your moment of release. I'm going to say something else bold. And if you just look straight ahead, you don't have to agree. You can be wrong if you want to. I believe if you're not involved in a thriving community of faith, you're out of the will of God. I believe that's the will of God. Now, 
I know you're thinking, well, you just were trying to get us to church. I am trying to get you in church, but it's not why you think. It's because this is what Scripture is teaching us. Yeah. I'm going to say something at, at the end I want you to hear. Ecclesiastes said this, two can accomplish more than twice as much as one. The results can be much better. If one falls, the other pulls him up. But if a man falls when he's alone, he's in trouble. Also on a cold night, two under the same blanket gain warmth from each other, but how can one be warm alone? And one standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three is even better for a triple braided cord isn't easily bro broken. Now think about this scripture. I've read this scripture before, but what this scripture tells us, first of all, when you are around those with common unity, a community of faith, guess what happens? They stand with you. They stand with you. How many have ever been through something and just knowing that someone was there with you, standing with you, made all the difference? You, you need to be able to be in a place where someone will stand with you. Not only stand with you, how about this? A community stands with you. Community will stand for you. Not only is it cooperative, it's protective. And how about this last one? Community, community, blah, blah, community will also stand you back up. It's restorative. What scripture is teaching us is we need to be around the right people. Two is better than one. Why? Because someone will stand for you. Someone will stand with you. And if you fall, there's got to be someone there to stand you back up and restore you. You know, there used to be a season in the church world if you messed up. The church was so good at shooting the wounded. I'm glad that season has changed. We understand more about grace and lifting each other up now than, than we used to. But see how important, I believe there might be a moment in your life when you need someone to stand with you. I believe there might be a moment in your life when you need to have someone stand for you. And I believe there might be a moment in your life when you need someone to help stand you back up. And it's at those moments when you found out if you've just been trying to blend or if you really have a bond. If you had a mess up tomorrow, is there someone in your circle right now that could stand you back up? Is there someone in your circle right now that could help you experience forgiveness? Is there someone in your circle right now that could help restore you? Is there someone in your circle? I mean, have you put yourself in a circle where someone would, could stand with you, could stand for you, and could stand you back up? Because what if not? I've been doing this long enough and I'll probably talk more about this next week, but I've been doing this long enough to know that one of the greatest things that the enemy wants to do is disconnect you from God's people, God's heart, and God's house. Whether that's through failure, offense, situations, circumstances, it's literally what Hebrews is warning you and I about. The danger of disconnect. So let me bring all this together. Y'all getting something good out of this this morning? Listen. I know sometimes I can preach a topic and all you got to do is just embrace it and let it grow in your life. 
Then I know there's times you teach something that just one message saying one thing to give you some information and some insight and some revelation is one thing. But you've got to pick it up and engage it and embrace it and do what the Bible says. You, you can't just hear, you have to do. And I really want to challenge you. Because the danger of not finding yourself in community or in a family is that disconnect happens. And this scripture means, I, I think I said this, that I go through something and I believe the lie that no one cares, no one's around me, and I start disconnecting. And that's, that's where people go, well, no one loves me, no one in that church loves me, that church is not for people. And we get real disconnected and we get real bitter. Real bitter. I know people that have disconnected from churches that they should have been in and they were real bitter. And I can tell you, some of them I know, their lives are a mess. People that used to love Jesus were involved. They let things get in them. They let someone divide them. They let someone subtract them. They, they let their feelings get in the way. They let these things happen. And they're not in quonania. And there is no one in their life right now to stand with them, to stand for them, or to stand them back up. Sometimes what happens is God works on them, works on them, and they get to a place where they, God can't even reach them because they've gone to a, to a position and a place in their attitudes and feelings. Come on, are you all hearing me? And the danger is that can happen to any of us if we are not pursuing the, thing God, the things that God wants us to pursue. I said this when I started this message, and I, I wrote this down this morning, that whenever I walk up here to this pulpit, I hope you know this, like, I, I have nightmares. You can ask me, I, every once in a while, I will have a literal nightmare that I walk up here to preach and I forgot to study. I, I, I do. I see myself up here and I start babbling about stuff and people just start walking out. And it just keeps me reminded. You can ask me, I study all week because I got to walk up here and tell you what God says. I take a lot of energy and effort that I put into that. So I, I don't get my messages offline. I don't get them from a devotional because you need to know what God's saying about the next moment and season of your life. So if I'm telling you this this morning, it's not because this is one of those things you preach. It's because for some reason, God wants you to know this is not about blending things together for a harmonious effect as much as it is a secure bond. And Hebrew says, when you see the days approaching that are dangerous, deceptive, and distracting, meet more, meet more, meet together more. What does that mean? I would encourage you, join a group, join an equip class, start serving. We'll give you opportunities to do that coming up over the next few weeks. I think next weekend is starting point. Or how about this? Get out on a first Wednesday. There's something God does on Wednesday he can't do on a Sunday. Just make some time for these. I know we're all, I know we're all busy. But if busy keeps you from God's best, you're on the wrong road. You're on the wrong court. Now, I'm not just saying you can't ever miss. Don't misunderstand. I'm just saying get in God's house because that's, God's house is the vehicle that God's going to use in the last days. And you don't want to be looking in from the outside. Get it, plug yourself in. Get involved. Get where, get where God's doing something. And if you're watching online and you're not in this area, get in a church where God's doing something. Are you all hearing my heart this morning? I'm not just talking about attending. I'm talking about 
bonding, making some bonds, because the bonds you make in this room with the family of God could be life or death to your destiny. I want to close with this scripture, if we could all stand. This is also in the book of Hebrews, chapter 2, verse 1. And it says this, it'll be on the screen. This is why it is so crucial. Everyone say crucial. Well, this is a modern translation, but when you see words that are crucial, how many know they're crucial? That we be all the more engaged and we be all the more attentive to the truths that we have heard. What's the scripture saying? It's, it's very crucial that you pay attention, that you get engaged, that you pay attention to the truth right now. In the season, the hour in history that we're in, it is so important right now that you hear truth. Not deception, not conspiracy, you hear truth. Every word from the mouth of God is absolute truth. And it's an absolute guarantee for victory. And faith, not fear, and not destruction. I'm just telling you, you gotta hear some truth so you don't freak out about inflation. You gotta hear truth so you can get wigged out by some of these things. Keep your eyes on the truth right now. You know what the Bible says in the last days? What are you supposed to do? Look up, look up, look up, look up. One, he's coming. But two, truth is always upward. Now the Bible goes on, it says, because if we don't allow ourselves to do what we have heard, look what it says, we will drift off our course. So instead of being fixed and bonded, we're drifters. We drift off course. The literal translation in Hebrews says, hold fast to the confession of your faith. Meet more and encourage each other. You know why I use this scripture? Because if not, you'll drift from your confession. You will drift from the confession of your faith. Your faith will turn into fear. Your confidence will turn into fear. Your courage will turn into worry. So you will drift from your confession. You will drift from your commitment to his house. You'll drift from the community of faith. And then you disconnect doesn't happen overnight. I don't want any of you to disconnect because when you disconnect, you've disconnected from power. You've, you've disconnected from the source. You've disconnected from the truth. Not just attendance. I'm talking about the truth of God. Did someone get something out of that this morning?